Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. I'm able to stand and say this. You know, I know Jim and Judy, either one of those, they love God. So here's what the Bible says. If I'm a believer, absent from the body, immediately present with God. Hallelujah. You say, well, I don't believe that. Really? Here it is. It's not speculation. It's truth. It's revelation. Everybody wants to know that. See, the reason we hold out the good news to people is because they don't have any good news. The ultimate question of life is, what happens to me after I die? Since the fall, Satan's answer to us has been either nothing or some form of everybody eventually gets to heaven. Scripture says that both of those are lies. For our friends and family who don't know God, they live with some degree of apprehension. Even though they may not admit it to anyone else, this is the case. Pastor Mark teaches us that it's important for us who know the truth to live our lives in such a way that it's obvious that we live with a different answer. We also need to be ready and willing to share that answer with others when asked. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 2 with part 3 of his message. Live the Bible and share the word of life. One day after Jesus was resurrected, he went right back to that place where Peter was fishing. Peter saw and he came running to the shore. And Jesus restored Peter. He put him back and he said this, feed my sheep. Guys, we're into restoring people who have fallen by the wayside. That is an attitude this church has because that is an attitude of God's word. God is not against you this morning. He is for you. But the world doesn't believe it. God is a God of love. And number four, training. See, salvation is not an event. It's a lifestyle. So God gave us his word how to stay right. That's what you're doing this morning. That's what I'm doing this morning. How to live right. How to do life. Encouraging, building each other up so that we would live godly lives. So bottom line is this. The Bible must be read, believed, and practiced on a routine basis. Day by day in my life. The Bible must be read, believed, and practiced on a routine basis in my life. And then it becomes the final authority of everything that I do. You don't want to live and say, why are you doing that? Well, I want to do that. But the word says it. I don't care what the word says. No, you're in deep trouble. How would I know what the word says? You have to be in it. That's why we spend this time right here in church. Every day, 
Any pastor who's in this pulpit are doing these four things. Teaching, reproof, correction, training. That's our goal. That's our privilege. By the way, when I'm studying all week, what do you think happens to me? All of those things are right in my face. So I can't teach you something I'm not practicing. So I'm working those exact things out. So the first thing we see today, understand this. Hold fast, believe God's word, and live by it. Now, let's go back, if you will, to Philippians. And let me give you the second one. Write it down this morning. The second meaning of hold in that verse 16 is this. Hold out. Hold out. Not just hold fast. But this is a giving away in the Greek language. These are the two meanings. This is a giving away, or in other words, offering the good news to others. Offering the good news to others. Now, I want you to take your Bible. Everybody just take your Bible, if you will. Okay? I want you to offer it to your neighbor right now. Just offer it to your neighbor. Just offer it to your neighbor. Now, you'll notice the Bible says, offer it. Don't force it on them. (laughs) Now, bring it back. Bring it back. And let me ask you a question. So tomorrow, when you go to work, you're going to walk into the office or the classroom. And you're going to sit down. And and your coworker or another student's there. And you're going to go like this. The person can say, what are you doing? I'm offering my Bible. That's what my pastor said to do. And they take, one of my adults would do it. I have no idea. He just said, offer it to you. <laughs> so is that what it means? No, that is not what it means. Understand it. You've heard this term before many times. The only Bible some people will ever read is you. The only Bible that probably 90% of our world at this moment is reading is you. So that's what it means. It doesn't mean physically giving them a Bible. They wouldn't know what to do with it. It means that I'm holding out my godly character, my actions, my positive attitude. If that's true, if people are watching me and I'm holding out that transformed life, let me ask you three questions. Number one, what is your neighbor reading? Number two, what are the students in your class reading? And number three, what are your co-workers reading? Are they reading godly character, godly action, and positive attitude? The second thing, the way we hold it out to them, is basically we verbally share the gospel when God opens the door. Remember, we don't force it on them. So how do we hold it out? Through a lifestyle. And then, number two, we offer the good news to others. When God opens the door, we begin to share how we got changed. Because people want to know, why are you different? You just get, man, Jim, you got to work today like I did. There's a layoff Friday. Now, how come you're not panicked? I'm panicked. Can you explain that? Julie, you, you just came back from the doctor last Thursday. You have breast cancer. But you're, I mean, you're hurting, but you haven't lost it. I would lose it. How do you do that? That's when we say, well, it's not me. I just know the scripture. God's a very present help in time of need. God will supply all my needs. Nothing in my life comes into my life without God being there. I don't know why, but God's going to help me through it. 
He said, the world has none of that. They have positive thinking and all kinds of false stuff that we see on our favorite shows. Eat and pray and read and love and read the book. It's all garbage. It's totally against the Word of God. And yet it's so popular. Why? Because people are starving for answers to their life. Why do we hold it out to them? Because they're in the dark. They're speculating about everything. Let me show you the contrast of how that looks. It's very simple. Look at these two verses in the Bible. Psalms. Uh, Proverbs, excuse me. Verse, chapter 14, verse 12. Look what it says. There is a path before each person. That seems right. Well, why are you doing this? Well, it seems right to me. But the, it, it, it ends in death. One of the things pastors do often in funerals. Let me just give you an example of a funeral. I'm here, and you know this person really well. And their little urn is down there. Two days ago, you knew them. They were alive. But they're gone now. And there's their urn. And you're in the funeral service, and you know one thing. They're gone. Two days ago, you were talking with them. They're gone. Here's a question for every unbeliever that goes through their mind. Where are they? See, you know you're going to die. I know I'm going to die. That statistic has never changed. One out of one dies. So nobody debates that. You're not stupid enough to say, I'm not going to die. Yeah, right. But the question is, seriously, it hits you right in the face. Well, where is Jim? Where is Judy? If you don't have this, there's a path that seems right. Pretty good person. Man, they're in heaven. And they gave and they served. And wonderful person. Ever go to church? Ever know Jesus? Oh, no, they, didn't. they weren't into religion. But they're in heaven. They're looking down at me right now. Really, where did you come up with that? Well, that's what I believe. On what basis? I don't know. I'm able to stand and say this. You know, I know Jim... And Judy, either one of those, they love God. So here's what the Bible says. If I'm a believer, absent from the body, immediately present with God. Hallelujah. You say, well, I don't believe that. Really? Here it is. It's not speculation. It's truth. It's revelation. Everybody wants to know that. See, the reason we hold out the good news to people is because they don't have any good news. They don't know how to do life. Well, look at the second part of this verse. Here's the amazing part. First one, there's a path that seems right. It ends in death. Look at the second one. Your word, God, your word, it's a lamp to my feet and it's a light to my path. The reason I hold this out to people in the world that don't know where they're going and they don't is this. This word tells me how to walk. It's a lamp and it's a light in every single aspect of my life. Every single aspect. I know what to do. Because God's my shepherd. So that word, it's illumination. And it answers all the question by life. This is the very word that I can hold out to people that brings hope and forgiveness and a new start from everybody else because they're walking in darkness. This is a word that shows the plumb line of life and how to live. 
Now look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 17. Paul begins to think about end times. He begins to think about his death. He begins to think about eternity. Notice what he says in Philippians 2, 17. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering, on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I'm glad and I rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Paul is writing to a group of people at Philippi. And he just says this. Be a congregation of the book. Be a Christ follower of the book. And he says, hold fast to what I taught you. And then hold out the good news to others. Because if you do this, when we come to the end of time, I'm going to be so joyful because you will have made it to heaven and you brought lots of people with you. That's my role. I'm very excited about it. Now think about this. We have nothing to hold out but the eternal, powerful, effective Word of God. Heaven and earth is going to pass away, but the Word is not going to pass away. So how important is it for us to hold out this and share the gospel with other people? I want to show you an illustration that I think will stick with you for a long time. Now, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Everybody whose last name begins with S, stand. Every person whose last name begins with S. Good. Look around you. Now, stay standing for a moment. Let me share with you why I ask you to stand. In most of our surveys, here's what we've discovered. One out of 20 Christ followers ever share the gospel personally with someone else. Five percent of Christ followers hold out the word of God. Five percent. Now, you may be seated. Thank you. Now, everybody that didn't stand... You stand. Look around you. Now, I'm not saying that's true in this congregation. I don't know the percentage. But it's a pretty standard. You see that over for years. Let me just ask you a question. From God's heart today, as he sees this, how's God's heart? You represent 95% of Christians who never... Given the opportunity, who never open your mouth and share the gospel. Now, let me say something politically funky, but you'll understand it. If you were Muslims here today, (laughs) it would be the opposite you just saw. They push it on everybody. They're not ashamed of their false religion. But here, we're supposed to have the heart of God. And 95% of us never open our mouth? God help us. I pray this morning that we would never forget the picture that we are standing and looking at right here. The reason we even came to salvation was somebody held out the word of God to us. They shared it to us. God, give us your heart today. Lost people matter to you. Jesus Christ, Luke 19 says, He came to seek and save that which was lost. We hold the plumb line against the ineffectiveness of our sharing of the gospel. And God, personally, I ask you to correct me. Open my eyes to people who are hurting, 
who are asking how, are looking for answers. Give me that heart that would spend time. And I pray that you would do that for every single person in our congregations, that we would have the very heart of God for the lost of the world. Amen. You may be seated. You see, Paul began talking about, let me read to you at the end. Paul says this in the New Living Translation. Now hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life Pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share in that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share in your joy. What was Paul saying? See, Paul was a pastor. And he says to the church of Philippi, as if you would be it, I want you to hold fast to the Word of God. I taught you the Word of God. And I know that if you'll hold fast to it, And you'll get corrected when you need to be. That one day at the judgment seat of God, he's looking to eternity. He's looking to when we die. You see, we're going to stand, every Christian is going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ and give an answer for how we did with this word. Did we hold fast to it? Were we different? It's not about our salvation. We're going to be in heaven. How did we share? Not only did we hold fast to it, but did we hold it out to people? And he says, I want you to hold fast. And I want you to hold it out with a joy. Not because you have to, because you get to. And then when I get to heaven, Paul says as a pastor, Colossians 1, 28 and 29, my goal is to watch you mature and become like Christ. And my goal is to watch you witness like Christ. And so when I get to the heaven, I'll look around and go, that's the Philippians. Wow, they listened to what I taught. Not just because I taught it, because God helped me to to model it in my life. And look at all the people they bought with them. That's the heart of God. Paul's thinking of eternity. And I want to say this to you as your pastor, representing all the pastors and the elders here. Our goal is to see you continually Always taking the word of God, holding it fast. It becomes part of you. And every day, just getting a little correction and being different than our world and living that way. That's our goal. While we're doing exactly the same as you, because we're no different than you. That's the heart of Paul right here. He says there's an eternity coming, and we never think about eternity much. We're just passing through, guys. This is not a religious deal. This is a lifestyle. Life and death is in the balance. And the second thing, outside these walls, and sometimes this happens in a big church. Now, yeah, best of my eight, nine thousand people today. Man, what do you want? Hundreds of thousands of people outside our doors that are walking in darkness. They're bumping into all. They have no idea what to do. They're hurting, and they're looking for somebody to say. Hey, got a flashlight. Watch this. Here we go. Follow me. See, if I turn the lights off in this building right now, if I turn every light, there isn't any light here, everything's dark. Let's say it was midnight. Everything's dark. And you try to get outside. Guess what would happen? You'd hit people. You'd hurt yourself. Some of you'd fall down. And some of you'd be fearful. Man, I'm panicking. 
your friends, your neighbors, my neighbors, my classmates are in the dark. They're hurting. They're bumping against circumstances. They don't know what to do. And they're fearful. They're empty. They're lonely. They're afraid of death. And they're guilty and they don't know what to do about it. Hold out the hope of God's love to them, guys. That's why we're here. One of the greatest examples of that is communion. Listen to me. Some of you are here today, you're not a believer. And you've been shocked because I said to you, a good person can't go to heaven. Let me revise that. Maybe I'll shock a lot of you. A good person can go to heaven. Did you hear me? A good person can go to heaven. Pastor Mark, thank you. How good does a good person have to be to go to heaven? How good do you think? Well, in school, they kind of graded on the curve. If I get over 70, I'm home free. What is the curve? The curve simply means I'm better than you. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm better than you. I'm going to heaven. You're not. Go ahead. Just say it like that. Is, that. is that true? Is that how we get there? No. You know how you, you know how good you have to be to get to heaven? The Bible says how good you have to be. Perfect. Well, that about does it, doesn't it? So that means nobody can be good enough. So what did God do? He sent his son, born sinless. Jesus lived 33 lives sinless. Died on that cross for you and me. He was perfect. He took your place. He took my place. And all I have to do is say this. Because I know what to do from the Bible. I confess with my mouth that he's Lord. And I believe in my heart that he's forgiven me. And I begin to walk with God. You'll never get to heaven by being good enough. You'll never get to heaven by being a member of any church. You are a sinner. Only forgiven people go to heaven. Well, how do you get forgiven? You have to repent of your sins. You have to believe in Jesus Christ that he died and rose again. And number three, you have to receive the gift. I want to offer you that. Some of you used to walk with Jesus. You know what it is to walk in the light. But spiritually, and you know this to be true, here you are. You got away from God. You're backslidden. And you just can't do life and you're miserable. And Satan's been telling you, you can't make a recommitment. God won't accept you back. I already told you, that's a lie. And you found yourself in this campus today, not by accident. God loves you. God is speaking to all of us. Pay attention. Your destiny is in your hands. This is the time to take the holy standard and ask how you're doing. This is the time. God loves you. He'll change you. The next move is yours. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark reminded us that we're all going to die. (laughs) Any eternal decisions must be made now before it's too late. We were reminded of the Apostle Paul's attitude, which was to give everything for Christ while he was still living on this earth. We were also encouraged to follow his example and commit to working for God to the utmost. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. This completes the message, Live the Bible and Share the Word of Life. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin the teaching, Real Friends. We'll discover that God needs people. We will be reminded that we people need other people too. We'll be challenged to be the kind of people that others will want to be around. In addition, we will find out what the characteristics of a real friend are. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Contagious Outrageous Joy. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.